Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Lads, I am not joking. We need to be on television rather than a podcast. Have you seen here, us? Here. Can I just say what I can see right now? I can see two dashing gentlemen in in sports jackets and uh, smart shoes looking fine. And, you know, I'm, pr- I'm scrubbing up all right. What do you reckon? I don't think I've ever seen you wear a tie before, Tim. You, never, never. Well, well, that's because you're so busy fighting the man for XFM. I mean, you look like a very tame revolutionary now. You look very good, Tim. You look very smart. Very good. Uh, we've all been at the Manchester City game. Um, me working and these two... Just Smoozing. lording it up in hospitality, but we're back. Networking, Tim. They've had a couple of they've had a couple of beers, and we're ready to pod and uh, forget about the football and talk rugby. So hands in, pod on three, one, two, three, pod. Thank you very much for listening. You can find us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. You can listen on the Acast app. You can listen on iTunes. I'd love you to keep the feedback on iTunes and the reviews and stuff going. Thank you very much. We're going to be talking about oh, building up to the World Cup less than a month away now. Uh, we're going to be talking about England and their first warm-up game against France. We are going to talk about Sam Burgess. Um, we're going to talk about all the other nations that have been building up and the cuts that have been happening to their squads. Let's start with a little look around the game. Actually, sorry, JB, hello. Hi, Tim. Phil, hello. Hi, Tim. So, um, Warren Gatlin's axe has swung for Richard Hibbard, Mike Phillips, as we discussed on last week's podcast, and James Hook. No surprise there, really. But Fat Thor, yeah, he's Rug- gone. World Rugby got a little less sexy. <laughs> uh, Mike, Mike Phillips, Phillips. not yeah. not, uh, um, not Patrick Swayze. Well, it depends what you like. <laughs> I mean, he's got his own sort of appeal, I guess. <laughs> yeah, James Hook is probably the least good-looking of the three. Uh, <laughs> Depending on what you like, ja- uh, yeah, James <laughs> Hook and Hibbard. Yeah, but uh, a, a real shock. Mike, Mike Phillips, not really surprising, given his second choice for Rassing. Um, James Hook hasn't been in great form, but then neither has I Hibbard. I actually think James Hook has been in the best form of all three of them. I mean, he's starting to do better for, for Gloucester. Um, uh, as I, for Hibbard, I mean, I am shocked because he's a big unit and he was very effective coming off the bench for Wales. You've got yeah. nearly nearly yeah. 200 international caps in a, in a, out of that Wales team taken with those three players. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised most about Hibbard. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, but Gatlin's not afraid to make the big calls, is he? He's not, and I just wonder if he's done that because Hibbard's playing in England and he's kind of second or third choice, and there's a young guy in Wales, so why not go with him? If the if it's a coin toss, 
then take the guy from Wales. Yeah, I think that's basically where 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 they're at. Yeah, but like Hibbard, even for twenty minutes, coming on and just smashing well, people, that's flying the thing, out the defensive it? line. I mean, we struggle when we bring off our front row because a lot of the other teams, like England, can bring on a whole new front row and actually yeah. power up. Uh, France, yeah, which France. we'll talk about later. Oh, but, yeah, we will yeah. talk about that later. You're right. Whereas Wales don't have that, so when they were bringing on Hibbard in the second half, actually gave them a bit more go forward, but. We don't have the, the option now, so let's We don't. Um, moving on. Toulon are going to play the Highlanders in Hong Kong in a, in a one-off match between the, well, the... the oh, the Highlanders? Top. You don't mean the Hurricanes? No, the Highlanders, oh. who, Highlanders. who won it. I thought it was the So Hurricanes. the champions of Europe versus the champions of the... Southern Hemisphere. Southern Hemisphere. Nice. Super rugby. Will this be an actual competitive game, or...? Well, the, the game is due to be played on the 6th of February 2016, which is the same day as the opening round of fixtures of next year's Six Nations. So Toulon will be missing quite a few players. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Highlanders, it will be two weeks out from their Super Rugby season starting. Well, so will... it won't be... Toulon will only be missing their French players. Because earn Lee Halfpenny. It won't yeah. be a proper it won't be a proper World Club Championship. But it'll be... It's, it's a start. It's, it's a start. It's a step. It's a step that way, isn't it? Yes. Um, also, and we're staying with the Southern Hemisphere. And uh, there was some Highlanders involved in New Zealand... Linking up the 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 world, <laughs> we've had England rugby players on the shoulders of fans in terrible CGI. Take that advert. Yep. Um, now we've got New Zealand doing a Men in Black dance um, with Air New Zealand. Have you seen this? I certainly have seen this. I have. So it's Israel Dag and uh, Sean Whitelock and Richie McCaw and Dan Carter and a bunch of other All Blacks. Kevin Mialamu. Sean Whitelock, is it? Sam, Sam Whitelock. Sam Whitelock. Oh, okay. And say. also got Martin Johnson, David Campisi, uh, Augustine Peashot. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got those guys as well. But it's uh, yeah, it, it, this is actually what gets played in the aeroplanes when you go on an Air New Zealand <laughs> I, flight. I thought that, and the reason I thought that, I thought it because it was four minutes long. I thought this is a good novelty for hmm, a minute. So this is the safety video done, and you, what, what you're about to hear is, and Israel Dag, I think, does a pretty good job at a rapper. He'll give Corbs a run for his money, and the, the other one is actually supposed to be a, an actual, actual rapper. rapper. Mind you, how deep is the New Zealand rap scene? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here it is. Outside of Israel's Dag. Oh. Here, come, oh. hey. here we go. Mm. Sit back, relax. This is Izzy go. Dag. Let's get this started, but before this plane's departed, obey instructions from your crew. All lighted signs and placards too. Loose items you're brought on board okay. must be secured and safely stowed. Up in the locker, overhead, or underneath the seat instead. This right here's a seatbelt sign, so Is this the pro? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Isn't it weird, right? The infatuation sports stars have with being. Rappers. Yeah, it's, it's And the infatuation rappers have with being sports, sports stars. stars. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. It's like but, footballers and gangsters. They both want to be one or the other. Right. Listen, let's get on to the actual rugby that we're going to talk about. Um, and I think we should start with England versus France. And I think we should actually start with Sam Burgess. Now, the hype around this fella is unbelievable. And I was as excited as anybody to see how it would actually play out in reality. Mm-hmm. So what I'd like to suggest is that we get this out of the way because a lot of people will be sick sick and tired of talking about Sam Burgess. Um, I think we should just get this out of the way, talk about Sam, and I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock and we're each allowed to talk about Sam Burgess for 30 seconds and then that's it. We move on and we talk about the rugby generally, all right? Yeah. Okay, sounds J- good. JB, go. 
I was less disappointed with Sam Burgess than I thought I was going to be. I thought it was going to be an unmitigated disaster. As it turns out, he actually did pretty well. Some very big hits. The most impressive thing he's done is slow down a man so he could run in front of him and then smash him. But he got a yellow card for it. <laughs> uh, overall, I think I'll have to eat my words and say he was a lot better than I ever thought he could be. So well done, Sam. But not good enough to make the England squad. You've still got nine seconds if you want to. Okay, and he's a flanker. (laughs) He should be a flanker, not a centre. There you go. That's all I've got to say about that. Phil. Similar sentiment to JB. I was uh, pleasantly surprised, but I think I've been thinking about this wrong. I've been thinking that he should be an all-round centre who can pass, who can kick, who can do everything. Mm -hmm. But what he should be and what England need him to be is Brad Barrett Mark II, which is not great passing game not great kicking game but defensively impeccable lead the line carry hard and smash the opposition in defence and if you consider him in that role then he's actually potentially worthy of a World Cup place adequate and finally me I completely agree with the both of you I thought he without covering himself in glory he the, one of the biggest things was he functioned in a back line whether it was a set move defensively he did his job and he never let the team down and I think that's a massive tick in his box obviously I think if you take Sam Burgess what you're actually saying is we have got a game plan maybe a plan B which is a direct abrasive close a game out that kind of thing and, and for that I think he could be great because what he brings off the field is really, really special. And everyone keeps using the phrase aura and you need winners and he's got the mentality of a winner. Wow, perfect 30 seconds, that's him. It was, wasn't it? Well, I I can see the timer. Uh, (laughs) So I was cheating a little bit. But one thing, let's let's just talk about that hit on Sarzewski in the the first First few minutes. I've actually got the audio of that. I I know what's coming here. (laughs) I already know. There you go. (laughs) It was a good hit. It was, and, and the other one uh, on, was it Lamarat or Dumoulin? Someone got oh, hit. I've, I've got the, I've got yeah. the, I've got the audio of that the one as well. I've got the audio of that <laughs> one as well. What would that Tim? sound like, Tim? Roughly. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like that. Lamarat got absolutely <laughs> smashed. Man and ball, wasn't it? Yeah. That was lovely. It is really Very good, good hitter, but I don't think we ever needed to doubt how good he was at hitting things. Agreed. Agreed. What, what we probably should talk about, that I think rightly, and I'm glad to say lots of people have been talking about, was Henry Slade. Yeah. Yes. Now it's, I, I've been talking about Henry Slade for a long time. Uh, Phil is probably is the biggest fan of anyone I know. No, he's not me. an Exeter fan. I, anyone who's not an Exeter fan, Phil has been talking been about saying, for months now. I'm a big, big Slade fan. What, uh, is it in the band? The, the band, their Christmas hit. Jay. Jay! <laughs> God's <laughs> phone! It's on flight mode. But I, I think I think Slade has to go to the World Cup. I think he's great form. His defence is superb for yeah. a guy who's not particularly big. I mean, he was, he's what... Uh, mm. It showed... I think he was four and a half stone lighter than his centre partnership. Sam yeah. Burgess. And he allows <laughs> you... He possibly allows you to take Burgess as well. Maybe Burgess should be the happiest that Henry Slade had a great game because Sipper, yeah. Sippers would have been the one on the bench go, going, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Maybe this isn't good news for Sippers. There uh, were some beautiful touches by Slade. Yeah. Little uh, backdoor offload. Backdoor, that... That's just very quick good, isn't hands, it? but quick hands, quick feet, quick thinking, just all round good player. And he moved for to a, ten, he for, a de- for the two of them, a debut in international rugby. International you know what debut. was unusual about? Well, do you know what, what record Sam Burgess set on the weekend? If you can call it a record, most hyped international debut <laughs> of all time. Correct. <laughs> uh, he did take up forty minutes of the forty-five minute 
allotted to Sky's introduction <laughs> to the match. Also correct. Fact. <laughs> he was the first England debutant to get a yellow card. Fact. Followed mm. by who? Followed by... Callum Clark. Callum Clark. Who was the second England debutant to get a yellow card. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Both yellow cards, I thought, were pretty harsh. I mean, the game was not served by having two England... Served well by having two England players in the sim bin. Well, what, what what did we learn about... Because we should talk quite broadly, because this is all about gearing up for the World Cup, so we shouldn't get into the massive nitty-gritty of the individual plays in a game, but what did we learn generally about England, about France? We'll get on to Scotland, England, Ireland I, and well, the rest. My takeaway from everything I've seen so far is I think England are the most tournament-ready team. I thought some of their attack was magnificent, and the three tries they scored, they weren't lucky, they weren't interceptions, they were all good build-up tries... Oh, actually, no. The first Watson try was pure individual brilliance. Uh, but it was he was put in that position yeah. by the line-out move and they sucked all the players across the field. All of the forwards went one way and it was then the feet oh, for wow. him to step. But Bryce he is... Du- how he managed to dummy and shimmy his hips to show as if he was yeah. going inside when he was in the air yeah. and hadn't even landed. He but, just hinted, just oh. the, the tiniest little hint that he was going to go inside Doolan and Doolan's feet were planted... And he was gone. But I mean, I would say this as well. International level rugby, he's one-on-one, not with a prop, not with, you know, someone who shouldn't be there, with another international winger, and he just goes round him. So in my mind, yeah, he's been put there by the move, but the move hadn't created that oh, space. Oh, yeah, it was... It, it was him. Yeah, it, it was both. It was an intelligent move, but then the finish. Yeah, people talk about top top speed, don't they? But actually, that first... The change of direction, the change the of direction, and the acceleration over in such a in a five meter line. He's a star, you know. He's I, a future unreal. star. I can't remember the last if time he's I've, not already one. I've seen a finish like that at international level, yeah. like that good. I saw Rock, uh, I was say Rocky George Dagooney. North did a couple like that when he burst on the scene, didn't he? But not not, not, not exactly not, the same. No, no, but no. he would he would. I think Christian Wade could probably do something similar. Yeah, and uh, Rocker Dagooney went round uh, one of the Wasps and, players, Andrea Mazzi. It yeah. was. That's the only thing I've seen similar recently. But, but there were some warning signs for England, weren't there? The and if you're a French fan, you are looking at the front rows and thinking, "All it's right, on any on any given day, we can beat beat a team with the scrummaging power we've got." Uh, and 100%. they've got six players there who can all do it. Um, yeah. David Flatman was tweeting before the game that he does not rate Debatti, who started at Loosehead for France, <laughs> as a scrummage great around the park, but not a scrummager. And then. Uh, offered apologies because his scrummaging was superb. Dubati's a scary man. I <laughs> saw him a score boy. a try on like a grizzled day in, in in Claremont, and when he kind of stood up, he almost looked like he was crying. He was so emotional. He's just that big bare chest. Yeah. <laughs> He's just he, he is frightening. Um, but let's but the, talk, well, the, but maybe not the technique. And I'm sure if David Flatman were here, he would tell us all the reasons like like that how Antonio Weenie could be even better as a prop because he hasn't got technique. What he has got is 150 kilograms of mass mm. yeah, to just pile into every scrum. Uh, no, no, he's on the other side. He's on the tight head. Mass. Mass. <laughs> Way! <Hey>. Hero week! <laughs> I, one of the worrying things for me about England was the loose head situation. So I think if Marla's out, I mean, Marla has now shown me that he's by... Far and away the best loose head that, that England have got. Or possibly in the world. Yeah, he's up, he's there, up there at the moment. He's up uh, there. He really is important. Um, Vinopolo is an, an able deputy, but I just feel like we've seen the footage of Corbett Sierra collapsing time and time again now. Mm. And yeah, he won a penalty, 
But he also went down, I think, in his fir- first two scrums. Yeah, well, and he's just. It, I, I just don't think he's he's there. I I, I like Corbs. I do like. I, we talked about. It he's a he's podcast. a backup, and you'll like, get game like time Mellon against Moore. smaller teams. Yeah, Corbs yeah, Corbs is third choice. Yeah, I, I think that's that is quite clear. But the, the people should be genuinely afraid of the French pack and the depth, the, the talent that they can bring off the bench. If they're in a World Cup quarter final, the last thing you want is those boys mm. coming off the bench. And like Uini uh, Antonio. Uh, Girardo Gaim, sorry, Gilhelm Girardo. Easy for you. I'll take it. I'll t- I'm uh, glad you said it. And also the, the cute, hooker. And also the cutest name in, in world in world rugby. Xavier Chocky. Chocky. Oh, Chocky. But then I'm va- call my dog that, that. that's, I'm Vahamina as well that, in the a, second row. They're yeah. gigantic. It's a genuine game plan to go Para or Tranduk, whoever ends up being the kicker, um, to actually go scrum. Drive yeah. him all, penalty. That's, that's a game plan that wins World Cup they matches. They were playing bad yeah. rugby, which makes it even more impressive. Mm. I tell you what the one thing everyone needs to be very afraid of. France basically lost the game uh, because when they were attacking, they were throwing offloads in every, every which way direction. Most of them were hitting the floor. Now, if they're starting to do that and they start going to hand all of a sudden, you've got a <laughs> huge upset. So hopefully we're going to see, a, maybe hopefully a loss to a second tier nation and then a scrape by into the into the tournament. And then the offloads are going to start going to hand. Yeah. And then Pickamoles are going to start running running riot. Pickamoles looked, he did look good when he oh had that run. Uh, Man Crush is officially back on. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk about some of the people that will be uh, licking their wounds. Um... Luke Cowan-Dickey probably blew it, didn't he? Uh, All Jamie George has to do is hit 40-50% of his line-out and that'll be be probably 100% better than Luke Cowan-Dickey. If Luke Cowan-Dickey goes, I'll say it right now, Dave Ward has got a chance of going. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we're in Dave Ward numbers now. It was not pretty, was it? Those line-outs. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It really wasn't. Well, Uh, I've been saying Jamie George, I think, will be the starter anyway. I, mean, I, I can't believe see him being the start just because oh, his lack of experience. Someone but... described Rob Webber looking like a fat <laughs> butcher's apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> he's not in great shape, is he's he? He's not. But he, he, he doesn't look any different to how he normally does. But True. Just, yeah, it doesn't... It, I, I was surprised him and Vodopola carrying a bit of uh, bit of timber. But they, they need to be... It's, it's a weird juxtaposition that you're trying to get them fitter, but they can't lose any weight. Mm. Yeah. So they're trying to aerobically and cardiovascularly improve but also stay strong and stay heavy so it must, it's a real challenge yeah. to make significant gains in, in only seven weeks right then if, if you're an Ireland or a Scotland fan you'll be, you'll be listening going alright enough about England for the time being so Ireland versus Scotland um, it was a pretty decent Ireland team that was put out quite a lot of first choice players uh, there was a few I wouldn't say it's, it's nowhere near a first choice was it well, it's close enough. I mean, I think they've got a lot of strength and depth. I think Cronin's going to be their first choice hooking now, surely. No. Do you not think? Best. Rory Best. Ugh. Oh, no. Experience. Oh, don't give me the experience thing. The experience thing is an absolute nonsense. <laughs> it, look, at, look at what Gatland does. He goes, oh, you've got experience. See you later, pal. I, I look at that back line and... Who's the best? Sean Cronin is definitely better than Rory Best. No. Well, maybe not around the park, but things you need to be good at oh, as a hooker. no. Sean Cronin, his running game is superb. He's one of the best. But in, just, in the tie, I'd still go for Rory Best. Well, I don't know. Um, someone who will be very, very unhappy with their performance and could cost them a World Cup place, potentially, Gordon Darcy. Didn't cover himself in glory, did he? No. I do wonder if this World Cup is a step too far for him. Maybe. 
Um, yeah, it's tough. It will be tough for him. I I think with, with this game, uh, looking back at it, Scotland have got a lot, a lot to be to, to be very to be very proud of. Ireland yeah. is the second best team in the world according to the rankings at the moment, and they put out well, I, you know, a team with a team which included Richie Vernon. Come on. <laughs> and the, for a large a large part of that game, they they, they, were, they were actually ahead. Vernon played well. It, I I was yeah. ready to slate Vernon uh, before he even stepped on the pitch. Oh yeah, I had all I and, had and all the jokes written out. Everything to fill people yeah. in. If if you're not aware, he's made the transition to outside centre from flanker where he was mm-hmm. previously, um, and he's playing international rugby there. And Dave Denson was very impressive. Dave Denson and uh, Blair and Blair Cowan well, both, both the, good. both the number eights. Yeah, both the number eights. Denton and Sean O'Brien at eight. Yeah, oh, he looked good in that first half. Yeah, think. I don't know if I was Ireland. I don't know if I just play him at six. Chris Henry looked good too. Chris Henry did look very good. It's, it's, first of all, it's very good to see Henry back after in heart surgery yeah. last year. Mm. Um, but both of those did look good. Who's your starting Irish back row at the moment? He slipped definitely. Last, he last week, he slipped at eight. O'Brien and I'd, I'd probably have Peter O'Mahony. Yeah. Ooh. At yeah. six with O'Brien at seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Monsters. Just There's imagine, balance to that. There's imagine if Ferris is yeah. fit as well. Oh. If only. Oh. Oh. Do you know what? That should be Toulon's next signing. Zebo Z- yeah. <laughs> looked good at fullback, and, yes. and Madigan had a decent game at right. 10. Is yeah. it me, or does Madigan throw the ball harder than anyone else in world rugby? <laughs> I'm not saying he's got the best pass or the most accurate or anything else. He just throws it as hard as he can. <laughs> he, uh, does, he does throw it very, very hard. hard. It's partly because. He doesn't continue running. He like no, plants, he stops. He like plants both feet and puts his whole body into it. A Neil Jenkins pass. <laughs> Neil <laughs> Jenkins plants his feet, not move forward, and then just ship it. Can we just pause and talk about Stash? What's the situation in the World Cup? A, a team's going to have sponsors on their kits in a World Cup. They have the their own badge and the Rugby World Cup logo mm-hmm. uh, on their chest. What about the main sponsors? I don't uh, think they have a sponsor good. sponsor on the chest. I, I've got a lot of time for that Scotland kit, but with the big BT logo. Much as much as we're big Whoa, fans of BT easy, Sport, steady, steady. Steady. no, I thought it was Behave just a bit too. Look at the size of it; it's massive. <laughs> it's massive. It, it should be massive. They should be very proud of oh, BT Sport. They're an exceptional B- broadcaster. It's BT as well, and not, a friend not, of the it's game. It's not BT Sport. It's BT. It's BT, not BT General. Sport. Oh, still, point <laughs> remains. And uh, I, I was just wondering. I didn't know whether because I there's something about the rom- the romance of it. I understand that it's worth a lot of money, but I quite like to have just the pure I the like pure kits. I do not like this, though. I do not like having multiple badges across the chest. So if you're South Africa, you've already got three badges. You've got the Springbok badge, you've got a city flower, which I know is meaning, meaningful to someone. And <laughs> very respectfully put there. Yeah, very well sincere. <laughs> and then you've also got the actual brand. Now they're going to have four things Hello across the chest. Hello to all our Afrikaans uh, listeners, by the way. In the case of uh, France, they had the little England badge. In, in, the the, middle, in the middle, yeah. So oh, yeah, so it's England. getting silly now. It's too much tokenism. If you're going to have a World Cup badge, it has to be on the shirt sleeve. Um, you know, like, the, on the arm, side of the arm. Okay. Do you know, like, the Premiership badges and all yeah, that stuff? Yeah, I, I, I can understand that. place for it. I can understand that. I mean, it's not like we don't know about the World Cup, is it? Or they're advertising it. We're watching the World Cup. It's <laughs> <laughs> got a point. That, uh, we should have spoke about it earlier, but that French kit was... Gorgeous. Oh, the red kit, the gold on it. Mm. It's just the yeah, red, the red kit. That's with, what makes it, isn't it? The gold. With the red badge yeah, and then it, the gold. If you oh. described it and said, right, we're going to have a red kit with like a dark red, deep like red wine deep. coloured mm. trim with gold 
It sounds like Detail. the Welsh, Welsh kit a bit. Yeah, it sounds like the Welsh kit, but only it's lovely. Yeah, but they've the Welsh used gold thread, not like yellowy. You know, like yeah. Australia say they play in gold. They don't play in gold. They, they play, play in yellow. yellow. The Welsh kit's got yellow on it. The French kit has gold on it. And the, the short and sock, like the, the deep navy oh, shorts with the yeah. red socks. Mm. Ah, mm. Wonderful. Now, another controversy in my mind, <laughs> a, a huge controversy, and I said it a, a, a few weeks ago, I'm not the brightest man. But why do Argentina play in light blue and white with white shorts against South Africa in white with white, with white shorts. shorts? The only difference between two teams is one had a light blue stripe. It is. That is it. That is a kit clash, it, isn't, isn't that it? ridiculous? <laughs> but but, but what, while, we, while you're looking, it was a ridiculous kit clash, the Argentina. But they've got does, a dark green kit. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, but... Again, it, what I love about the Argentina kit that they've been wearing for these South African are they say. wearing that in the world? Are they wearing that in the World Cup? No, no, why? It's, I want that shirt. It, it, it looks like when I was watching the game when we got back to yours, mm. we were watching a bit of it, the, hi- the highlights of it. In, no, it was on at the same time as England France, wasn't it? Yeah, you yeah, we were watching them. it. We were watching a bit of it in the half time between England France, so we missed out on uh, fifteen minutes of Sam Burgess chat. But um, <laughs> uh, we, it looked like we could have been watching an ESPN classic match. Yeah. yeah. Because the oh, the vintage look of that kit is just it's gorgeous, lovely, and the long sleeves I love. Well, except yeah. for the South Africa white kit, everything was the same. The kits, even the scoreline was the same as a ESPN vintage game. <laughs> yeah, well, Argentina getting pumped, yeah. and um, New Zealand answered any, any. I mean, in the last week, a lot of people have been saying, "Oh, I don't know if New Zealand are quite the team they were." Or you know, restored. Are they well, under- I was one of those people. Uh, yeah, there was a lot. If, if you read the New Zealand Herald. Uh, which I don't get the paper copy, but I do read it online occasionally. Um, there was a lot of people saying, questioning Dankar, questioning McCaw, questioning, is this the end for the team? Have they got the right balance? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think all of those questions have been well and truly answered. Well, here's where I stand on it. I think they're, okay, prepare to laugh at me. I think they're relatively one-dimensional, which is, I say one-dimensional, <laughs> what I mean is they've got incredible skills, and that's what they do. They're a very skillful team well, no, to, pick, thing, right? to pick up on that jay they they i, mean, I don't think people sort of recognize this enough i think they tactically and their skills are incredible but that allows them to actually play a very very yeah. simple game they kick loads agreed agreed they just do it really well and uh, they chase well and i think last week against australia they probably got a little bit out uh, out muscled i was enthused so instead of changing their game plan this week they just went for more of the same but in a more extreme manner and you know it worked fine Absolutely fine, and it helps when you've got Dan Carter. Just, oh, yeah, just well, he he was again. Um, he just gets territory and uh, turns the screw and applies the pressure with his territorial kicking game. Drinking um, from the th- from the fountain of youth, he never yeah. gets it, and still incredibly handsome. Yes, yeah. makes the right decisions, and it it helped playing directly opposite Quade Cooper, who if it was up to me, if I was Michael Checker, you'd get rid of him. I would not take him to the World Cup. I'd say Bujale. He's all yours. Have him. Oh, wow. I, I really would. Well, I don't think he's a good fit. I don't think he's a good fit for Toulon. And he would take the World Cup as an, an alternative. As a wild card. Yeah, throw him on if you, you know, down by 30 points. Do you reckon it... Do <laughs> you reckon, <laughs> is there a little bit of Quake... And again, maybe I don't know Quake Cooper and it's only what you hear and, you know, just take that with a pinch of salt. But is there an element where if, if he's not involved and he's not kind of getting game time, then he, he's a sort of character that could... Could, could throw a tantrum a little well, bit. Well, Cooper is the main event. I mean, if he is not the main event, you're not going to get the most out of him. Well, exactly. I don't, and I don't think. He, it, you know, yeah, on what I've, on what I've seen, he's not. But he's they not. they had to hide him at fullback. 
yep. def- defensively, which is I hate having to hide a 10 anywhere. Um, and then when he was at fullback and New Zealand were kicking, he was poor under the high ball. He let, let one bounce, bounce through him, dropped a couple. Uh, and then the high tackle for the yellow card for the penalty try. Yeah. And that, that's that when it all culmin- really came unstuck then. That was just the culmination of a lot of just small errors. I do think it's New Zealand as well. The combination of Hooper and Pocock was far, far better. Agreed. Yep. Absolutely. Like that, that is the way to, uh, Stop to, to beat New Zealand. You have to have two Take away true out-and-out out sevens. Now, the guy who should be very disappointed with that whole game is TJ Perinara. You, you're on the field, <laughs> right? And you're up. And Australia have offered nothing so far. So what, so what, what would your options be? It certainly isn't put up a high ball towards Israel Folau and hope he doesn't catch it. I, I think I think that's absolutely criminal. Yeah, it was particularly how well their back their backline were just yeah. tearing uh, Australia to ribbons. Just hands in that situation, and he put the crossfield kick in straight onto Israel Folau, who just coasted sixty yards to score. Exactly. I mean, he could have literally done anything else with that ball. And nothing bad bad would have happened. But now we've got some video of him making a terrible decision, costing his team points. He has had a superb season he has. for the Hurricanes. Aust- Australia are gonna are gonna be a force to be reckoned with, and that pool is still just, <sighs> just can't quite believe it. Every time you look at England, Wales, Australia, mm. um, well, one of those t- one of those three is going out, and Fiji are, co- are probably going to go out as well. But New Zealand, um, you know, we, there were question marks over them. They've answered a lot of those questions. Um, if anyone was starting to go, well, maybe it's a bit more open than we thought. You just sort of think they're, they're shutting the door on any doubt, aren't they, a little bit? They are yeah. comfortably, comfortably well, favourites. I did say I think, yes. that, I think that they would lose. And they did lose. They'd lost against Australia. But I'm now thinking that might have been their only loss. The only loss yeah, I, I just year. felt there was, well, there was one in the pipeline somewhere. And remember that fact that we brought you last week. No team has ever won the Rugby Championship and the World Cup in the same year. Or the Tri Nations, or whatever it was. So. Yeah, so Australia mm. cannot win the World Cup this year. Yeah, and, uh, fact. That is a uh, fact. I have well in in that game, Richie McCaw became the most capped international player of all time. <laughs> going you, in front of Brian did, O'Driscoll. Did you see the Brian O'Driscoll tweet? Yeah. No, what did he say? Very good. Um, something along. He's tweeted George Gregan saying, "Second most capped player of all time doesn't have the same ring to it." How does third sound? <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. Do you see the other record that was broken? Uh, no. Was that, was it Dan Carter points? No. No. Uh, that you, was last week. You already had that, didn't you? Yeah. Um, oh, well, he crossed the 1500 point mark last week. Sorry. Yeah, 1500. Uh, Wyatt Crockett has got, uh, let me get this straight, it is the most consecutive undefeated international games. Wow. That's pretty Fact. cool. In- That's a pretty cool record to have. Because it includes the draw with Australia last year. Oh. Which which is kind of a blemish Ugh. on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got a little quiz based around the fact Richie McCaw overtook Brian O'Driscoll. So we know that the, the most capped rugby union player of all time is Richie McCaw, uh, a New Zealander. We know that Brian O'Driscoll was the man he overtook, an Irishman. I've got sev- seven other nationalities, which I want you to tell me the individual who is the most capped player for that nationality. I'll go first. No, 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 I'll just do it one by one. So, we're going to write it down. Yeah, we'll do it one by one. So, Australia. Write it down. Damn it. Wait. The one that we've just... Not the one... No, 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 I'm not... I'm just asking you for Australia's most capped international player. 
Good game, okay. good game. Um, yeah. JB, have you got an answer? Yeah, yeah. Written it down, yeah? Yeah, yeah. What have you got? Gregan. Gregan. Gregan is correct. Yes. One, it would have been bad to get that one wrong. One, one. Uh, so, England. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. England is... Hmm. Can I say? Uh, if once Phil's got something written down. I have something written down. Go on then, Jay. Jason Leonard. That's what I've got written down. Correct. Well, he is the, the most capped Englishman. Uh, France. <laughs> Getting tricky now. Uh-huh. Right. France. Hmm. That is... Can we come back to that one? All right. Fine. Um, all right. I've got someone written down for it. It's not correct, but I've got someone written down. Do you want to wait a little bit and have a think? No, let's go for it. All right. All right. Jay, who have you got? Well, who are you going to go with? Fabian Palouse. That is who I've written down. <laughs> Well done, yes! well done, Dominators! Three, three apiece. South Africa. Uh, yep. Um, it's one of two. I've got mine. Hmm. Is it him or him? <laughs> I know which two you're thinking as well. I'm pretty confident with mine, I think. Um, uh, it's a toss of coin. I've got it wrong. Go on, G. Stefan. No. Um, it's Victor Matfield. I've gone John Smith. Ooh, damn John, it. John Smith. Oh, yes! Victor Matfield. Yes! 4-3 <laughs> to JB. Ah! Right, Italy. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Hmm. This could be one of three. I've got one in my mind. Go on, Jay. Castro Giovanni. I have also got Castro Giovanni. Is okay, it... okay, can we... Oh, no, no, I, no, I don't no. need a tiebreaker. You, you, don't, you don't get the point. You don't get the point. Oh. All right, well, we'll come back to that in case we need okay. a tiebreaker. Um, right. Wales. I know. Hmm, I don't... I think I know. Okay. Got a guess, Phil? I've gone for Gethin Jenkins. I, too, have gone for Gethin Jenkins. Correct, which means it's 5-4 to JB. With Scotland to go. Scotland. Oh, crikey. I think I know that. Shame that I'm not Scottish, it would probably be me. (laughs) (laughs) Any of us, actually. (laughs) Uh, Oh, no. Okay, I've got one, but I don't know if he's right. Go on. Patterson. Uh, That's what I've got. (laughs) Yeah! That's too easy! What kind of quiz is this? Which means... <laughs> We're not getting more. There's seven. That, uh, that was your seven. And... That is it, yeah. We're done. Okay, <laughs> um, with Italy... Is so it... not, we've not got Ireland? 
Um, well, no, because Brian, Brian Driscoll. Oh, of course, we Brian Driscoll. Christ, if you asked me that again, I'd have said Paul O'Connell. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, I would have said so, John so, Hayes. So, <laughs> JB's won, so enjoy your moment. JB has won another quiz. Um, but the Italian was... Portolami. No. Oh. Parise. Parise. Oh, of course it is. Portolami just behind him. God oh, damn it. There you go. Um, it, did, it was quite noticeable, actually, how low Scotland were on the list. Is, um, you have to go around quite a lot for a, for a Scottish... Has Patterson got more than 100? Uh, I don't think Did, so, no. I don't think he has. No. Hmm. It's a very funny kicking style with his arm right in the right in the air. He, wow. he only used to take the easy kicks. Uh, like, yeah, that's so... Dan Parks had to Dan take the hard Parks. ones. <laughs> Dan Parks with like a 20% kicking ratio. Yeah. The, other, the other thing I did just for fun was I wrote down, I looked down the list of all-time... Uh, leading test players and I came up with a 15 of the the highest capped 15 so in their position the highest capped oh. so they might, uh, and it went like this so the front row was Gethin Jenkins Kevin Mialamu Jason uh, Leonard yeah. um, second row Victor Matfield and Fabian Palouse and a back row of Richie McCaw moved George Smith to six and Sergio Parise Crikey. nice George Gregan and Ronan Agara Jean de Villiers and Brian O'Driscoll Solid. In the centre. <laughs> Adam Ashley Cooper and Brian Habana on the wings with Chris Patterson at fullback. Nice. A bit weak at halfback. Gregan and O'Gara. Gre- Gregan's pretty solid. Yeah. Gregan, Gregan's so good, he has a move that every single team <laughs> in the whole world <laughs> calls after him. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, everyone still calls it the Gregan. Well, particularly at low levels when you get down. Gregan ball, Gregan ball, and you know what's coming. <laughs> oh, no. Gregan ball. <laughs> Uh, right. Uh, so, JB, how are you feeling? You just won a quiz. I, I, I win many a quiz. Rare occasion. Not really. And the ones I don't win, I probably have a moral victory. <laughs> you believe you should have won. Uh, debatable. So, where are we? Gloucester kit. Oh, God, yeah, Gloucester kit. Um, let's talk... Oh, stash watch. We have got... Let have me we got get... the stash... Stash... Uh, oh well, I need to get the bit of stash. Oh, oh no. sound effect! I need to get the stash sound effect for this. Yes. So if you've been waiting for us to talk about the Gloucester kit, you are going to have to keep waiting till stash. <laughs> Gloucester... The biggest events, yeah, in so stash watch history. We have been waiting for this one for weeks and weeks and weeks. It feels like forever. Fair, and fair play to the build-up. They have whipped us into a frenzy. Oh my word! I, I have had sleepless nights waiting for this. Is it today? Yeah. Is it today? Check on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, there's been uh, there's been days when they say we've got a kit announcement tomorrow, and then they go, "It's our seventh kit. We've got a kit announcement tomorrow. It's our academy and second team kit. Academy yeah. and second team Yo, kit. It's sevens and academy. Then the European kit. Yeah. Then the the main event. Here we go. What everybody uh, wanted. Right. So we have been. We have been, what's the word when you, not protest, but you, uh, we've been... Campaigning. Campaigning. Oh, sorry. I think you say we've been disgusted by previous attempts. Well, <laughs> no, we, we, we have been very, very critical of previous Gloucester kits. Um, X-Blades are making their move into the world of Premiership Rugby with their mm. first kit. They've unveiled their kit, which had JB, let's just look at it, on the face of it, it had exactly what you've been clamouring okay. for, full hoops and dark shorts. Are the shorts black or navy? They're either very, very dark navy or black. I okay. think they're black. Okay, well, let's, let's start with a bit of credit. A million percent better. A million oh. percent better. I mean, actually, and compared to the, the other two kits, I mean, what more incentive do you need to get out the second team into the first team? <laughs> so the ultimate punishment would be to wear that second team kit. So that's, that's a real plus. Now, this is X-Blades, and it's a rugby league 
uh, orientated brand. Yeah. And that definitely, definitely comes through. With the shorts. Yeah. I like those shorts. Yeah. Short, short, I'm a massive fan of rugby league shorts. They are, hey, hey. they are extremely short. But there is a problem. I don't think rugby league players, because, you know, they're, they're rebel and they're up north and, you know, salty earth right. types. Before, before, I know, right, before you go into this, let me just show you their old kit oh, that they God. had. Don't make me see it again. <laughs> I never need to see it again. Freddie Burns wearing that Magna Clean <laughs> kit. Oh, oh, God, oh, my eyes, oh. my eyes. So now, go on, say what you want to say about the new Gloucester kit. Well, because it's rugby league and the shorts, obviously shorts are improving. Actually, before you go on and tell us what you want, <laughs> let me just play, let me just play <laughs> you one of, their, one of their new kits. The, 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 aren't the first oh team kit, the, the second team kit. Why would anyone do? Why would anyone wear that? Ugh. Now go on. Now you can say about the first <laughs> okay, team kit. Thanks, Tim. So because it's rugby league and all the things I mentioned before, they don't like tucking in their shirts. And for whatever reason it is, they've done the whole the whole photo shoot without tucking in their shirts. Everyone else usually tucks in their shirts. That makes a huge difference. And they've got full hoops. Well done. You've got full hoops, and that's a great, a, a massive improvement. But why have you put that tiny little line around? That's what they used to have back in the day, isn't what? it? In, in the era you're talking about when Phil Vickery was doing those bullocking runs. Well, back in the day they had just full hoops and then you've got these, these little ones. But let's not lose sight of it. It's a huge, huge improvement and we, ma- well, I massively approve. I, think- I, I do... I- Approve it's such a big improvement on what they had last year and their two earlier kits. Let, let me show, in, two- fact, in fact, let me show you the old Cotton Traders kit that Trevor Woodman and Phil Vickery used to wear. It has got yeah, that. It has right. got that thin black. Yeah. Band. It doesn't have. It's not like that though, is it? It's slightly but different. I, I like the. I like the hoops. I, I only have two issues with it. Uh, the Mitsubishi Motors logo looks like it, it's been ironed on, doesn't it? Yeah, it's unnecessarily big with a with then a gigantic white square around mm. it. Um, and I've said it before, but these are big strapping lads. Why are the arms yeah. baggy? Well, yeah. I can answer that question. Go on. Well, it's rugby league, isn't it? Uh, rugby league players are smaller than... No, rugby league guys like, like to work out on their arms. They, so well, what they they've do. done is they've basically made a, a baggy neckline and a, and a baggy um, arm so that A, going to do more shrugs, and B, do more <laughs> arm curls. And I approve... Some curls for the yeah, girls. And, and, and why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't like, the female rugby fans get what they want for a change? <laughs> no, but look, Ch- Charlie Sharples is nice and tight on the arms, if you look at that. And then... Oh, good. That one's not bad. That and, then, one. and then Rob Cook has got really baggy arms. I don't... I mean, yeah. There's two different cuts. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, no, it's just an incentive, isn't it, to get in the gym? <laughs> Charlie big... Sharples hasn't got big guns, has he? It looks like he does to me. Not particularly. He's doing all right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but... I like it. I think I think it's a, a nice little, little, little incentive, and a lot of other rugby clubs should be uh, encouraged to do it. It's like well when, done, Gloucester. Like when Sean O'Brien tried on uh, Jonathan Johnny Sexton's <laughs> Island shirt to stretch out the arms to try and I get s- him into the gym. I still remember how pathetic it was when Jermaine Jennis played for. <laughs> <laughs> for Tottenham, Tottenham in that Kappa kit the skin tight and he had to wrap electrical tape around his arms because it was too baggy and on it was a skin tight kit pathetic his pipe cleaner arms uh, <laughs> uh, in other stats watch Leicester Tigers have, uh, have unveiled their change kit as well which uh. is a replica of their home kit but it's um, silver and black other colours oh it's not white fading into green then rather than green no, fading, no, fa- it's, fading it's, into white block colours let's have a look then Let's try not to be too disgusted by us. Yeah. Oh, that one. Their, their home kit, their new home kit could have been good if they hadn't got that fade. No, it couldn't have been good. It was a disaster from start to finish. That is that is much better than the other one. Yeah. Is, that, is that it? That's much better. Let's, let's have a look. 
Hmm. That one, the, the silver and black. Yeah. With with the green detail. Oh, not that one. Uh, yeah. Hang on. I mean, it's decent. I think that's good. Hang on. I mean, we... we There's an awake yeah. Yeah, it's that's all right. right. It's I mean, all right. It's yeah, not great. Not the, the green with black, I'm not a fan. Like when, when when Dean Richards had his Newcastle Falcons, the one fleece he used to wear, <laughs> which was uh, black with green, that always looked horrible together. So I'm not a fan of black and green one together. One of the most stupid kits I've ever seen, home and away kits, was Bruce Dortmund. I know I keep talk, talking about football. And they had like a big... Well, just imagine you had a yellow top, a solid yellow top, and had one black stripe across the chest. And then their away kit was a solid black top with one yellow stripe across the chest. Oh, so I'm quite a fan of um, inverse. Yeah, the negative. Change well, kits. no, no, because if you're playing someone either in black or yellow, it just wouldn't work. I think every away kit should be white, unless your home kit is white. Then you can have a <laughs> a, a, a different top. Hmm. Mm. We'll have to do a uh, when all the stashes are unveiled. We'll have to. In fact, we'll have to do it with the World Cup as well. We'll have to. What we should do is, Cup, is the World Cup of stash, and we'll pick the. We'll do the exact fixtures and the pools, yes. but we'll pick purely on stash. But we all know, already know what our... the final is, unless we're in the same part of the draw. Well, exactly. If they're Italy. In the same part of the draw. Oh, well, no, we don't France, know. France is nice, but New Zealand England. is lovely. Oh, New Zealand is, is nice. Good. No, no. I mean, New any Z- any Canterbury kit is obviously nicer by five percent. <laughs> oh no, the Adidas ones are good as I mean, well. Imagine how much I, I would like it if Scotland kit was made by Canterbury with BT Sport on the front of it. I'll buy, one, I'll buy one tomorrow. <laughs> the New Zealand with those boots as well. Oh, that the does matte look. black. The matte black boots. Well, could... I think a final would probably be Italy versus Argentina change kit. By the way, to, to, to talk about football again, did, I mean, did you? clock the colour of the boots so we were at yes the, we, we, we were at the Manchester City Chelsea game um, these two were lording it up in hospitality so I'm surprised I actually went out and watched the game I was I was, I, I was, wor- te- I was, te- I was working to. my socks off on the tannoy anyway we, we would have working <laughs> your socks off on the tannoy <laughs> you were in hod carrying <laughs> we, we would have watched it in the box but it was only standard definition TV I know oh. such a disappointment but the the boots have got to ridiculous neon levels with pink and lime green, and it is going to go full circle. Well, they, they will, they will get circle. back to the black. Uh, Adidas used to have a, a boot for footballers, uh, which was just a pure black boot. Yeah, uh, Vieira used to wear it back in the day. I I, I used to quite like the uh, World Cups. They're not a World Cup. Are they, are they still sold? Adidas World Cups. Yeah, Adidas, yeah. that's yeah. what I used to wear. Adidas the prob- World Cups. The problem was they were too. I found they were too soft for rugby because they're like really supple kangaroo leather. Mm. They used to get torn to bits. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, there you go. You should do Jay's trick. Jay spent about four years taking his boots back every three months, going there. These are yeah, these no. are perished. And then you go and get a new pair, and then you take me, them back. Let, let me tell you exactly how to do this for anyone out there who needs new boots. Go to, if you're lucky enough to have one around, go to a, a decathlon. They are superb. Right? Go get yourself a pair of Kipster boots, because when you return them, they can't deny selling them to you, because they're the only place that sell <laughs> Kipster boots. And you change them once every six weeks. I've been through 14 <laughs> pairs of boots. Manufacturer's defect. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at one point, I thought of setting up a Twitter account called My Kipsters, and just taking a picture of them after every game, and then replacing them time and time again. <laughs> So you, you're you're openly admitting on the podcast right now that you used to take your boots back every six weeks and say, look, these these are... Well, they were broke. I mean, look, they're rugby boots. They should last a season, right? And yeah. if they don't last a season, yeah. you're going to replace them. Happens that my initial 17 quid investment lasted me three years. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. More fool you, Kipster. So we've done we've done Gloucester, we've done Leicester. We, we've pretty much done everything, boys, on our on our list of things to do. But not everything. Not we've got, everything. Yeah, I was going to say, next on our agenda, we've been going through the Aviva Premiership sides 
and picking our best 15 ever to have worn that shirt. And we've been going down the league sequentially. Um, JB, despite being in a hospital bed last week, brought us <laughs> the Sail Sharks 15. Um, I'm going to bring us now the Harlequins 15. I just need to get the music. Do we have music for this? Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's of the Karate you. Kid music, isn't it? The, you're the best around. Do you see what I did there? Yeah, yeah, very good. See, it's almost like we plan this stuff. <laughs> oh, there we go. Got it. Here we go. Time for Quins. And I will start by saying if you're a Quins fan, we, I, them, I'm no doubt at all there'll be players we've missed. So at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, uh, tell us of the people we missed. And then for next week, it'll be. It'll be who came Wasps, below the Gloucester. No, we've already done Wasps. Gloucester. Oh, yeah, we have. Gloucester. Be, and it's to you, Phil, to do Gloucester next week. Cool. So nice. if you're a Gloucester fan, we like your kit. What about your players? In the professional era, who are the people that have worn the shirt best? At Rugby Podcast on Twitter. But to Harlequins. I thought this was going to be really, really hard to pick. I yeah. found it I found it easy, and the reason it was hard in some respects is because I couldn't find players Did you find to... it a bit disappointing? A little bit, I'll be honest. Mm. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. So I'll, I'll run you through my 15. The best people in the professional era to have ever worn a Harlequin shirt. Starts off, one of the best front rows you're going to find anywhere. Joe Marler, <laughs> Keith Wood, yes. and Jason Leonard. Very, Ideal. very good. Ideal. Yeah. Second row... Gareth Llewellyn, the old Wales stalwart. Mm. They could do with a player like him now, like with James Horwell. He'll fill that void. Um, and then, and I, I was struggling second rows. I went, well, they, they've actually not had that many great second rows. I saw, I thought George Robson, because he's been so... See, he was so solid for them for so many years. This, but, is, this is where we but disagree. He wasn't, he wasn't exceptional. He was just a great club man who had a few good seasons. Garrett Morgan would, would be for me. An absolute monster. 26 Australia caps. 80-odd caps for Harlequins and an amazing ball carrier. Uh, uh, you see, I wasn't totally aware massively of him. so Which tells you all you need to know about when you were creating this team. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, fine, we'll go with him then. And, and a back row, now it gets a bit better here. I've put in England's captain, Chris Robshaw, as the best seven ever to have played for uh, Quins in the professional era. OK. Oh, I, I'd go with that. David Wilson would uh, push him. And I've put Nick Easter as the best number eight to have worn the Harlequin shirt in the professional era yeah, for longevity and his, what he's done and the way he's played. And there's some pretty good players that Zinzan Brook played for Quinns. And so, yeah, did, so did Tony Diprose and Chris Sheesby. So I thought one of those Just guys... Just before you anoint Chris Robshaw, let me yeah. put a, a argument forward for David Wilson. 79 Australia caps uh, and I believe he was captain of Australia. That's pretty impressive stuff. He... he did, I'm just looking at him. Uh, moved to play for Harlequins in 2000 and a serious knee injury in 2001 forced him to retire. It's so, bloody good. He was a good player for Australia. He, 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 did. did, he didn't get the chance to play. Hey, he played well. He did uh, win the European Shield final, so the second tier European. Chris Robshaw game, lifted but, the Premiership. Yeah, that I, is I would true. definitely go for Robshaw. Robshaw's been uh, number one there since 2007, something like that. I, I don't know. I can't pick. Um, Quinn's fans tell me who should have been, who should complete that back row. Easter w- Robshaw, and then one of the old names, Chris Sheesby, was a brilliant um, offloading. I mean, he, he was a he was in the World Cup sevens winning team with Lawrence Delalio. It was he's that kind of a player. But there was Tony Diprose as well. He's one of the coaches there now. Zinzanbrook as well. So one of those guys can fill in at six. The back line then. So some of the positions were quite easy. Danny Kerr at nine. From mm-hmm. Andy Gomesall's worth, yeah. worth a shout as well. Go for that. 
Uh, Nick Evans at ten, obviously. There's that no is it locked in. They've had some really good tens, and I've, we were on the car in the car on the way over here, Phil. You just said, Quinn. When you look at it, that's what Quins do. They get a great ten. Great ten. Yeah. Uh, you well, you some, mentioned it, yeah. Thierry Lacroix, the French, the French, yeah. who played in the '95 '99 World Cup, scored a lot of points for France, and Andrew Mertens yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are some clubs Paul, on Paul, there, and Paul it's Burke. very clear where they spend their money. Yeah. Uh, for instance, Leicester Tigers, I always think it's a twelve. Uh, and, and props, and, and, yeah, twelves <laughs> and props. Uh, with Hopkins, and undoubtedly, it's tens. Yeah. Oh, don't forget Craig Chalmers. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had a spell there. A small spell. Um, small disappointing spell. Centres, right? <laughs> Here's where it gets difficult because I think of Harlequins and I think champagne rugby creative players flair. Other than Will Greenwood, who's super, who is outstanding, and we mm-hmm. get into any best team if he was a, a player there. I can't think of a centre partner that's worthy of wearing that shirt. But why does no one ever rate or talk about Stuart Abbott? He was wasps. He went to Quinns. He finished his, he finished his career. I'm sure he did. Did he? Yeah, but he spent the bulk of his time at Wasps. I hope I'm, I hope I'm not wrong here. Mm-hmm. And actually, if I am wrong, David James can always play 13. He played a season at Quinns. A season. There you go. Uh, but yeah. Matt, I, actually, he probably was that not his knee injury season. But I was just, I was just quite, I was, I was surprised how few good outside centres they've you, had it's such a such a good attacking position you think of yeah. and yeah. I wonder if their reputation was really more in the amateur days the um, Will Carling kind of days yeah yeah. my favourite ever Will Carling highlight you've seen it when he's held up well, over Will the Carling's line. an inside centre really I know he wore 13 for England but yeah but all, Gus but, Scott was the outside centre agreed but on the other hand um, Greenwood would play th- 13 quite a lot mm. so yeah, yeah you can mix and match but it yeah. doesn't matter because Colin w- wasn't really in the in the premier sh- uh, in the, the professional era, pro era. But so, I, still, I still enjoy watching so him again Harlequins up. who's a centre worthy of getting that shirt at Rugby Podcast tweet, tweet me and, uh, and I'll I'll correct myself next week wingers it's a sh- shootout between uh, Ugo Monier, he's got to get in. Definitely, definitely, he's just one because of, of his uh, could, could, just because of his clothes, <laughs> because his style. Sense. He's a good, good bloke. Mm. Looks incredible with uh, his shirt off uh, <laughs> and a shirt on as well. Po- yeah, uh, <laughs> wow, po- a month four seasons. Potent <laughs> finisher looks great when he's wearing a uh, two buttons undone on his shirt and a little pocket square exactly out of his jacket. What a guy! Uh, and so, so the other wing, David Strettel or Dan Luger? Dan Luger for me. Uh, I'd probably go Luger as well. All right, Luger on the wing. Mike Brown to finish off 15. Pretty tidy 15, but I was surprised. Some gaps in the... Yeah. In yeah. The I, I wonder if he'll start seeing more and more gaps. I've got to figure... I don't know. The lower you get down. Anyway, I mean, even, even when we get to Newcastle, that'll be a solid team. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It'll be a really solid team. You just read out the team that won the very first premiership, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Pat Lamb. Mavainga Twigamala. Yeah, that's what I'm Ooh. thinking of. Uh, right, so next week it is going to be what do we say? What do Gloucester we say? Gloucester for, for me. No, that'll be Gloucester. a uh, that will be a good one. I I wonder if you'll miss the best scrum half that they've ever had. Probably, I'm sure you will because he was there when he was 19, I think 18, 19. Oh, uh, yes, really, yes, really. Oh yeah. And and Gerard Mercer is it Mercer on? Hang on, I always get confused. Is Mercer on? Ludovic Mercier. Mercier, Ludovic Mercier. It's a kicking machine. Yeah, they had, they had to extend the posts for, Ludi- for, for Ludovic Mercier. Oh, the Mercier. height of them, yeah, you're yeah. right. That is a good fact, actually. No, cheers. Fact. Uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Right, um, what, have we got anything left to do? Uh, yeah, the games next week. Well, game, let's do, let's do that week. firstly, then. So, um, the matchups that we have. Wales are back in action, JB. Who have we got? Ireland again? Let's get the fixtures up. 
Um, it's well. Let's, let's go sequentially. So on on Saturday, Italy plays Scotland. Um, yeah, I might be busy for that. <laughs> I th- Scotland put in a good account of themselves, though, didn't they? Very much so. Yeah. I mean, I, I say that in jest, but I was actually very impressed with what they did. Uh, I love David Denton. A lot of positives. A lot of positives. Uh, more positives than there are Scots. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you know my do you know my little David trivia thing? David trivia. Which which three Davids would play for Zimbabwe in the back row? <laughs> I do know. You'd be amazed, Tim. David Denton, obviously. Yep. Yeah. David. Don't know. Ewers. David. Oh yeah. Hancock. Oh really? Imagine that back row. Wow. We, we would genuinely be talking about Zimbabwe as a force. That uh, Zimbabwe at the weekend. Did you see their fixture? No. They got beat by eighty points to six uh, by. Namibia, did they? Yes. Ooh. Well, well, they wouldn't do if they had the, the, the first that, the first choice back row. Out. That back row could be a world class back row. It is a world class back row, <laughs> and I'm sure Simon Shaw would put in a yeah. uh, a, a quick appearance. A, a Mujati. A Mujati. There's, there's loads of them. It is the reverse fixture: France against Ireland on uh, France against England. Uh, France against England. Sorry, it's eight o'clock on Saturday. Yeah. I've got to make a correction, actually. Wales aren't invo- in action next week. I didn't it's, think two, they it's two were. weeks' time. Um, so it's just Italy, Scotland, and then France, England. Uh, Georgia are playing Newcastle. Oh, yeah. Oh, they really? They are? Oh, yeah, sorry, that's, that's the following week as well. That's Apologies. The following week. Apologies so, uh, yeah, let's talk about Georgia-Newcastle a second. This conspiracy, <laughs> for me, continues about the teams on in the first and second tier. And Georgia, I know they're kind of in the second tier, but they don't get the exposure like Fiji does or Samoa does or anyone else. And I think with a bit of development, they'd be an actual force. The fact they've got to go and play Newcastle instead of, you know, an Italy or someone. It's It's good for Newcastle because they can just have conversations with them. Well, I know a lot of their props already play for top 14 sides and whatnot. If there's anyone under the radar in their squad, they can uh, have a good old look at them. Yes, quite. Yeah, and what's the stat about um, the Georgian players playing in France? Something like forty-seven percent of them are oh, props. Something. Way more than that. It's is like seventy percent like of the Georgian players playing in the and top it's fourteen weird, like, are props. Only tight head props. <laughs> <laughs> a very specific kind of man <laughs> yeah. comes from Georgia. Yeah. Have you uh, have you ever been to Georgia or anywhere like? Have that? I ever been to Georgia? No, I've, no, because I, I know it's, I know I've it's not, not to Germany. No, I know it's not quite <laughs> the same part of the world. But when I went to um, Hungary, and you went to Hungary for your stag do. Oh yeah, I did. I did. There's there's a lot of big men. Don't remember. I tell you what, there's a lot of big men in, big men in Latvia. <laughs> but they were Russians though, rather than Latvians. It's huge. Uh, I've been to a Georgian restaurant in Islington called Tbilisi. Oh, right. And the, the waitress did look like she could have played tight head prop. Wow. <laughs> Sounds hot. <laughs> uh, so we'll talk about that one next week, obviously. So it's just Italy, Scotland. I mean, I... Th- you- England, France. That's that's a good game for both teams. Italy, Scotland. That's well, a good. It, it very much depends what kind of team. I'll wait for you to finish. Put, I'll look at out. the score, and if it's interesting, I'll go through the highlights. I, think. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to expect from either team, to be fair. But we, the, w- but we will certainly be watching uh, France versus England at nine o'clock. I like the times of these games in Paris. So that's nine o'clock their time, uh, uh, which, then, is, which is the same as here because it's British summer time, I think. I think it'll be nine. Uh, no, they, they move their clocks when we move ours, don't they? I'm not sure. I don't we, know if, we never I don't have it where we're the same time. time. I think we, we might be the same. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, regardless, um, I expect I expect a much sterner test for England. But it depends also uh, what no, team they are an hour ahead. It depends what team uh, what team that they put out. Well, I think we're going to see some of the big guns for England. 
and I think we'll see some of the, a lot more of the big guns for France. It will definitely be mixed up, but um, I just, yeah. I can't wait. So there's where where do you think we're at with the with the cut from the squad? I think probably like you said, Phil. If Jamie George does a decent job, then that's the hooking one decided. Yeah, and Dickie's done for now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Henry Slade with his performance and his ability to play at ten and be a utility player, I think Sippers. puts the nail in the coffin for Sippers. Uh, I tell you who played very well, which will be upsetting for him, is uh, Good. Good. I thought Good was really, really good. Yeah, he was. Yeah, because f- for me, it's Sippers or Good. It's mm. a ten who can play fifteen or a fifteen who can play ten. Well, if, particularly when you've got Slade who can go ten and Nolan Watson who can go fifteen. Yeah. And I think Good on that performance might have just edged it. I think so. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't be maybe. surprised if Good starts ahead of Brown. I think you've got. No. A, I think you've got a shootout between. Cause I thought. Cruz again looks he's busy he's always so I like busy Cruz, when he plays and he's massive in real life uh, but I, Dave Atwood I think it's a shootout between Atwood and Cruz I thought really? I thought Cruz was better than Parlin but we've already had this discussion that yeah. Parlin if he doesn't start he's not on the bench yeah. but you've got him in the squad because he will jump well, straight need, into starting we need to have a good look at Laws and Launchbury because we are assuming at the moment they are head and shoulders above everyone else but we don't yeah. know until we see him play again and Launchbury's only had one or two games at the back end of the season for Wasps yeah. Following his injury, so and, that's a yeah. good point. Yeah, I mean, like Cruz isn't nailed on by any means, but he's doing really well. Yeah, so that's still up in the air. That that uh, who's going to go for well, the locks? You know my rule, yeah. Which is once all the cuts are made, the barbarians can stop can stop <laughs> yeah. picking their team, which we will do when all the teams have been yes! announced. Yes. Uh, yeah, it, it, you, there's no point making predictions or anything because we, we don't know what the team's going to be and even then you don't know. It's more dissecting the fallout from it, which we will do next week. Yes. And it'll be it'll be good next week to get some uh, combinations together. And I mean, like, maybe the starting back three playing together that you're thinking, maybe the starting mm. back row or the starting half backs. Just not all the combinations, yeah. but one, one or two of the, the combinations that you're expecting to start Get them playing together. And we'll be back talking about that next weekend at Rugby Podcast. In the meantime, subscribe on iTunes. If you subscribe, then you, oh, don't, sorry. you, you don't even have to think about it. We'll just make sure it gets delivered straight to you. Small announcement. Um, me and Phil, you're not going, but me and Phil are, you're going to watch <laughs> the, the World Cup final in Bath. So if anyone else is watching the World Cup final in Bath, or has any recommendations of where we can go in Bath? Or uh, if you're from Bath and you just want to come and meet us for a drink. Uh, Please on, let us know. On the 31st of October. Tell them, tell them which pub they should occupy and where. Yes. There's a great thing, because I lived in Bath for six years, and the amazing thing about Bath is you don't even... You, you go to any pub and there's rugby on. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love it there. I lo- I, that, that is such a special thing. It feels but, like it's a town built for me. In Ma- <laughs> we, we, yeah, we're in Manchester, and I had to watch a, a World Cup quarter-final that England were playing in in 2007, I think it was, and I had to watch that on a 14-inch television up, <laughs> upstairs in Walkabout, whilst they had on the massive floor-to-ceiling, like 30-foot big tall screen, 20-foot tall screen, I had to watch Vauxhall Conference football. Uh, oh, my God. Unbelievable. Well, that's, that's Manchester disgusting. Let me just tell you what our Saturday is going to entail so you can be nice and jealous. Well, it, it, no. Cause <laughs> bath, bath it's a long, in the morning. It's a long way off. It's a long, long way off. If... If you got to go to the pump rooms and uh, have a have a have an afternoon tea at the pump rooms, well, we, we won't do that on a Sunday. But if Wales and England aren't playing, we get to watch Jamie Roberts versus Sam Bur- Sam Burgess in the game before the World Cup. Oh, oh, that's exciting! Wow. <laughs> uh, right at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, listen on Acast, and we'll be back next time. Nice one, Phil. Cheers, Tim. Top work, JB. Thank you, Tim. In a bit.
Oh, how's your how's your butt, by the way? Uh, my my <laughs> back is okay. It's very your very butt. sore. Your butt. I like how you're correcting me. My back's fine, thanks. Uh, my back is okay. It's, low, it's low, low, lower back. And if you're not sure what we're talking about, listen to the first ten minutes of last week's podcast when JB explains how he got impaled on a tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Next time. See you next time in a bit. Bye. Bye.